If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show. I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you no matter where, what time, or what place you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful, but sometimes incredibly crazy world we all live in. Thank you for tuning in or or tuning in again. This is episode number 263. Good news. Elon Musk is wrong. Don't even think about buying an electric car until you listen to this. It isn't that often that I get a chance to relate good news. But holy shit. This could be some very good news. Just the kind of good news America could use right now. And it could really be a game changer. What I'm talking about is a brand new internal combustion engine. And this one is like no other. So sit back and listen. Because what I'm about to tell you is potentially that revolutionary. Now before I go into just how damn incredible this is, engine is I need to go back in time just a bit and tell you about some completely unrelated technologies which will help to illustrate my point about how technologies can be introduced that despite all the media hype and technical buzz surrounding them fail to actually deliver and how the people who purchase these devices basically ended up owning white elephants when those technologies were simply outcompeted. Way back in the late 70s, one of the newest technologies that was introduced was the Betamax. It was the first video player and recorder designed for home mass market consumer use. Now, they were big, roughly the size of a small suitcase they were heavy as hell. And of course, they were crazy expensive. They played pre-recorded magnetic cassettes, which were the movies at that time. Again, for the technology of the time, their picture quality and audio was pretty good. And of course, people bought them. Bought a lot of them. And for a time, people were really happy with them. That was until the new kid showed up on the block, VHS. So as VHS began to make its presence known more and more in the consumer market, people became confused. They simply didn't know which format to go with. And marketers didn't help. Marketers who wanted to point out the superior audio and visual quality of Betamax versus VHS. Now this is where 
I segue into the story because let's just say I have more than a casual knowledge of certain areas of engineering. And so naturally, people would ask me which one they should buy. I explained to them that as it stands right now, technically, Betamax is better. I told them that it has better audio and video capabilities than VHS, which was true. But I also told them that VHS is rapidly overcoming those issues and they might want to hold off as long as possible before they commit to Betamax. I pointed out to them that eventually one of these formats is going to win and eliminate the other. And if you make the wrong choice, you'll be left holding a very expensive boat anchor. Some people listened, but people being people, most didn't. A couple of years pass, and even though Betamax is still selling pretty well, VHS had not only corrected its shortcomings compared to Betamax, but actually made improvements, getting to the point where it actually had better audio and video quality than Betamax. But surpassing Betamax in perhaps the one most important area of all, cost. As soon as I saw what was going on, I summarized that the writing was on the wall for Betamax. And not only did you not want to buy a Betamax, if you have one, sell it now. As in, right now. Now you may or may not be old enough to know about Betamax, but chances are you probably know about VHS. And so, you can probably figure out that I was correct and which format ended up winning. And as they say, the rest is history. Those that listened to my advice and got rid of their Betamaxes, well, they're really happy. The others, not so much. Once stores started selling their Betamaxes at deep dis discounts, well, the jig was pretty much up. And frankly, it quickly got to the point where you couldn't give the fucking things away. Many Goodwill stores had stacks of them. But when the format died, <clears throat> movies stopped being produced for Betamax format cartridges. So like I said, Betamax quickly became a white elephant. Now we can move on to the present. Or, as Mighty Python used to say, and now for something completely different. What I'm about to tell you concerns electric cars. And the reason I give you that uh, technological history lesson, as I'm once again giving advice concerning technology. So, are you listening? That would be the smart play. So you don't end up with a fucking Betamax. If you currently own an electric car, not so much a hybrid, but only to a slightly lesser degree, and if you didn't buy it just recently, say for example you have one that's three or four years old, get rid of it now. And I shouldn't have to tell you that you absolutely don't want to buy one. 
Before I go all bore-ass into this, just a brief word about Elon Musk. There is the mistaken impression that Elon Musk is an engineer. He's not. What he is, is an extremely talented marketer and financial schemer. Yet, amongst the 20-something crowd, he is viewed as some sort of god. Well, it was only... Uh, it was only a few uh, years ago that God stated that, quote, hydrogen is just stupid, unquote. Well, apparently God has done an about face because now he has begun singing an entirely different tune about hydrogen. It's okay if he does it, though, because apparently God has that prerogative. I want to say this as concisely as possible. Pure electric cars, and to a lesser extent even hybrids, are a bad idea. Even if you set aside the issue of extreme cost, it's the fact that they are so resource intensive. That is to say, they are anything but green. And they sure as hell are not sustainable. Something apparently God Musk omitted in his sermons to the faithful. If you want to talk sustainable, at least as sustainable that is currently practically doable, the answer is hydrogen. Toyota, which has been committed to alternative fuel sources and engines for many years, currently has two major developments and engine technologies, and one of them is an ammonia engine. The other is, of course, hydrogen. Allow me to give you my brief breakdown of the two. As far as the ammonia engine is concerned, it's certainly a step in the right direction, and I can certainly see its application in certain areas. But it does have at least one major drawback, although it does not produce very much, if any, carbon emissions. It still produces several other pollutants Something, of course, they're working on, but as it stands right now, it produces a fair bit of other nasty byproducts. Their other engine, of course, I'm talking about is hydrogen and is currently being tested in limited production vehicles in California. Overall, the stats look very good. You can easily find the numbers for yourself. The main primary hurdle at this point is a lack of national filling infrastructure. But because I don't want to sit here and sing the praises of hydrogen like I'm on their fucking payroll or something, I'll just simply tell you this. Their current model in California averaged now yeah, about 300 miles per tank with the driver saying they had a heavy foot, so it could probably do better if you were taking it easy. But regardless, I watched their hydrogen model being completely refilled in California. It was completely empty. Total time to refill? Get this. Less than five minutes. So even your average Karen wouldn't lose her fucking mind over that. 
But what I really want to tell you about, something I'm really excited about, which is a big deal to me. Because one thing I have learned in all of my experience is that when it comes to new things with big promises, such as the technology I talked to you about earlier, let's just say that I've learned to cautiously curb my enthusiasm. So, what the hell is this then? What is giving me such a technological as well as economic hard-on? Well, nothing short of not only one of the potentially greatest advances in internal combustion engine design in the last hundred years. Something akin to reinventing the wheel. I'm talking about the Omega-1, or to give its full name, the Astron Aerospace H2 Starfire Omega-1. Although the company chooses to call it a single-stroke engine, I define it as a two-stroke engine. In very simplest terms, you could think of it as an inverted boxer engine. Its energy efficiency versus displacement is fantastic. Whereas a conventional engine is around 34% efficient, this engine ranks at around 80%. A single engine unit weighs only about 35 pounds. You heard that right. 35 pounds. Yet produces 160 horsepower at 170 foot-pounds of torque, which is more than enough power, uh, say, for your average grocery getter, such as, you know, a Toyota Camry or something like that. Now, just that alone would be one hell of an achievement, but yes, there's more. These units can be stacked. So basically, the horsepower and torque is increased by one-third after the initial two units. So, for example, two of them together would produce 320 horsepower at 340 foot-pounds of torque respectively. And three of them would produce 480 horsepower at 510 foot-pounds of torque, respectively. Yet according to the information, with three of them connected together, you're only talking about a total engine weight of 105 pounds. That's an incredible power-to-weight ratio. Now listen, I'm not trying to sound like some kind of advertisement for this fucking company. I'm simply saying, if this is true, it's fantastic news. Yes, of course, there's more. The engine's air-cooled, so no water cooling system requiring maintenance and costs to be concerned about. The engine idles at uh, around 1,000 RPM, but has an extremely high revving capacity of 25,000 RPM. Finally, in addition to all this, it doesn't run on any kind of special fuel. According to what they uh, 
what the company says it will run on any volatile fuel. Hey, out of gas or diesel, no problem. Just throw some kerosene into this bitch and you're on your way. Not bad, huh? Of course, I'm going to put the link to this modern marvel in the description and you can check it out for yourself. All I can say off the top of my head is that if this damn thing is even half as good as they claim it to be, it really is a deal changer. Which is really cool because not every damn day do you get to witness the wheel being reinvented. And that's no fucking Betamax. Until next time, this is Ernest reminding you that there are no bad words, just bad actions. Take care.